The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the content providers and should not be viewed as an endorsement of any product or service. Nor does it reflect the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Well, good evening. I'd like to welcome everyone to the Thursday, September 14th, uh, Borough Collie Leadership Training uh, event. This is our September event, and it's one that I've been looking forward to uh, for quite some time. Um, and um, and that uh, tonight, we're going to have an opportunity to hear from and talk with our, uh, right now, two of our J.P. Morgan Leadership Fellows that attended the 2023 ACB Conference and Convention, um, uh, Donna Brown, who chairs this committee, and uh, one of the other uh, fellows are in a uh, another event that might be running a little long. So um, we'll just try to carry on uh, as best we possibly can, and hopefully uh, they'll be able to join us a little bit later on this evening. Um, but tonight, um, we we did we started this last year, and uh, it went pretty well. And the committee thought that we should do it again this year. And I think this is going to be something we're going to be doing annually. So. Um, tonight, we're going to have an opportunity to talk with, uh, as I said, our J.P. Morgan Leadership Fellows, a couple of them anyway. One of them, uh, Benjamin Wright, um, is not able to join us tonight. We wish him a happy birthday. He is celebrating his birthday today. And there comes Cheryl Cummings, uh, one of our other Leadership Fellows, into the meeting. Um, so, right, so, um... To get us started tonight, uh, let me introduce our presenters. We have three of our leadership fellows with us right now. Um, uh, tonight is we have Liz Botner from uh, Washington, D.C., uh, Cheryl Cummings uh, from Seattle, Washington, and um, and uh, Melina Vanderwall from uh, Michigan, uh, who... Uh, is uh, the leadership fellow. The fourth uh, person we are expecting is Terry Turlow from Kentucky. Hopefully she will be able to join us a little bit later on. So, uh, and so um, let me uh, turn things over to Donna Brown, the chair of the committee. If she has anything she'd like to say before we uh, get going tonight. Hello, everyone. Uh I just jumped over from the uh, the Mentor Explorers training. Uh, so I'd like to welcome you um, to this Burl Cauley Leadership Training. And we will have some questions for our panelists, but uh, eventually as we go on, we will give you the opportunity to ask questions. So don't don't worry about that. You you will have your opportunity. But we hope as, as this uh, session proceeds, that if you have never been to an ACB National Convention in person, that perhaps you will be inspired to apply for maybe the DKM First Timers Award, or uh, even if you've been to a convention and maybe it, it's, uh, you'd like to go back but just can't maybe financially uh, handle it, don't hesitate to apply for the J.P. Morgan Chase Fellows Award, and you're going to hear from those people tonight. Uh, so anyway, I that's all I have there, Mr. Ray, for now. Okay. So, um, so okay. So for the three of you, uh, Liz, Cheryl, and uh, Milena, um, if you would uh, just take a couple of minutes, um, inter 
introduce yourselves uh, to our audience and uh, just take a couple minutes and just tell us, you know, where name, where you're from, and um, you know what what um, what made you want to apply for the J.P. Morgan um, uh, Fellowship. And uh, we'll start with Liz. Hello, everyone. My name is Liz. I'm from Washington D.C. Uh, what and what kind of led me to apply for the leadership award was my interest in wanting to get more involved in ACV and also grow my personal and professional leadership journey uh, outside of that. All right, uh, Cheryl. Um, hi everyone. So this is Cheryl Cummings and I, I, I must echo what Liz said. Um, you know, I've been involved with ACB for a long time. Um, and I think I just recognize that um, by applying for the fellowship, there might be an opportunity to learn more about sort of what is leadership within ACB. All right. And uh, Milena. Hello, everyone. Um, I am from Caledonia, Michigan, and I've been involved on the state level of Michigan Council of the Blind and Visually Impaired since uh, 2012, I joined in 2010. Um, I had considered applying for the Leadership Fellow a number of years ago, I'd say maybe three, four years ago. Um, fortunately, timing wasn't on my side. Um, so this year when the announcement came around, I did a lot of soul searching and decided to bite the bullet, so to speak and asked my president to write a recommendation letter. He knows a lot of the work that I've done for Michigan Council. And so I um, applied and I just wanted to learn more about how other leaders in ACB do things. And I echo what Cheryl and Liz have said to grow in my leadership skills and abilities. All right. Well, good. Um, Donna, do you have a question for these fine folks? Uh, yes, I'd, I'd like for you to tell us just briefly uh, what leadership roles you currently hold in, in ACB, whether it be at your chapter level, state level, special interest affiliate level, uh, national level. Uh, what, what leadership roles do you currently hold and, and maybe have you held if you've got like a list of a hundred, maybe lim limit that a little bit, but if Ray and I were answering this, whoa boy. Uh, so let's start this time with Cheryl. Especially Donna. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, so uh, I, um, I recently moved to Seattle, Washington, and I've joined the Washington Council of the Blind. But prior to that, I was living in Boston, Massachusetts. And so I was part of the Bay State Council of the Blind. Um, I was on the board for many years. Um, I was second vice president for a little while. Um, and as a result, I was um, working on, like, I, I was the chair of the membership committee and previously co-chair of the advocacy committee. Um, at the same time, I've been involved sort of nationally at, with ACB Women um, as a member, 
and for the longest time as a member of the Multicultural Affairs Committee. And recently, a year or so ago, I became the chair of the Multicultural Affairs Committee. Um, and I'm a member of um, Blind Pride International um, and Lua. So I, I've joined a lot of so, uh, so various affiliates that sort of reflect, you know, my interests. Okay, Milena, what about you? Okay, currently I hold the office of secretary for the Michigan Council of the Blind and Visually Impaired. Prior to that, I was the assistant secretary. I also serve as one of the board of directors for ACB Ohio and I am a member of ACB Next Generation, and I'm growing my involvement in that affiliate as well. Great. Liz, what about you? Sure. Uh, I will limit this to, I guess, leadership uh, roles within affiliates. Uh, I am currently the vice president of the government employees division. Aff affiliate, sorry, affiliate. I'm tired, I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, I am also a board of director on and guide all users incorporated. I hope to continue that in actually seeking election re-election in the upcoming elections that will happen later in October. Um, I also serve as a member of both the pedestrian environmental access committee and the audio description section 508 subcommittee. Wow, very good. Thank you. If 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 you notice that that's varied leadership roles yes. between these three ladies, wonderful. Quite a bit. Yeah. Yes. Go Quite ahead, Ray. We'll, so, we'll send it so, back to um, you. Yeah. So, um, in thinking about the 2023 ACB conference and convention, um, name up to three things. You don't have to have three, but name up to three things that you took away from that convention, which you think will help you in your leadership journey. And we'll start with Milena. Okay. Uh, one thing is definitely networking that has come in handy. Uh, I've been able to reach out to some people to get some assistance with various uh, things like uh, WordPress. And uh, Cheryl sent me an article on that. And um, I appreciate that. So it's just networking. Um, multitude of friendships that I gained by attending the convention and I found a lot of the sessions to be to be helpful entertaining and inspiring oh. I was on mute I'm sorry I, I um, was like uh, did we lose Ray <laughs> <laughs> no I'm here um uh Cheryl um yeah so I I would say one of the things is a sense of somehow being even more connected to ACB. Um, in the past, when I've gone to conventions, uh, I've, I've, you know, I've been there and, but I've been running out to do tours and all this sort of stuff. Um, and one of the things I really appreciated about this last time in Chicago was the fact that I actually, I, I don't know, we slowed down a little bit and I went to the board meeting and stayed throughout the whole thing. I went to the general sessions and stayed throughout the whole thing. Um, and then as Marlena said, um, 
the the opportunity to like network with other JP Morgan fellows, um, and 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 feeling that um, even if I uh, that that I've like met people who I can honestly reach out to and say like I don't know what to do. What would you suggest? Um, and that they won't mock me, <laughs> or they, or, and they won't, they won't say like, oh, you know, you're, you're, uh, you know, you're in this leadership role. You should know. Um, so I, I found that to be really um, valuable. Outrageous. Right. So you know, we do now have Terry. She's on a phone, so cannot be promoted to panelists, but she is unmuted. Ness, give, ah, Terry. Terry, welcome. Um, glad you're here. Um, I'm going to deviate just a little bit. Uh, so we were on our third question. So, but I'm going to, Terry, I'm going to let you, um, we're going to deviate just a minute. So just take a minute. Um, and if you would um, introduce yourself, um, tell us, you know, what your name, where you're from and what leadership positions uh, do you hold or have you held in your, you know, whether it's ACB or your affiliate state affiliate or special interest affiliates or local chapters. So uh, uh, that should get you caught up. So um, Terry, why don't you go ahead? Uh, star six to unmute if you're not unmuted already. She was unmuted a little while ago, then muted. Okay. Uh, and if she's on an iPhone, I know how hard that is. Um, mm -hmm. Terry, one more time. Can you unmute and Is talk to us? Quest. Okay. Mm -hmm. There she is. I, okay. There you I are, hope Terry. I'm unmuted. Yes, you are. Can you all hear me? Oh, thank yes. you very much. Um, I'm from Louisville, Kentucky. My name is Terry Tarla, and I'm the current first vice president of the Kentucky Council of the Blind. I'm the president of our Guide Dog Users of Kentuckiana and the secretary of the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind chapter. Um, um, I, I'm on a couple of committees. I'm the chair of the scholarship and tech grant committee that we that we have, and I've that kind of sums it up. Um, thank you. Okay, good, good. I'm glad glad we got you here. Okay, uh, so thank back you. to our other back to our the question we were discussing. Uh, Liz, um, name up to three things that uh, you took away from uh, your attendance at the 2023 convention. The number well, one thing that all, I took away from attending the convention was in-person networking. That is something that you will not get from a virtual attendance experience. And whether it was reconnecting with friends, whether it was meeting new people and or meeting with those friends and having them introduce me to new people themselves versus me finding people on my own, I, I you cannot get that virtually. So that is the number one thing that I took away from convention. And Terry, name up to three things that you took away from your attendance at the convention. Oh, the first thing was watching good leaders conduct meetings. I feel like I learned a lot about how to move meetings along without people getting stuck. And I also saw a lot of very in-depth treatment of topics on the national level that I had not fully understood before. And both of these things, um, my take home was 
more confidence in running meetings and keeping groups on topic without being over controlling to do it. They, they, of course, the networking was very phenomenal. And just being there and being in a world where blindness was normal um, was not, a, not, I mean that in the sense of the average mm-hmm. normal. Um, it just helped me deepen my own uh, sense of confidence and normalcy in the world. You know, I've been attend, I've been attending conventions for about 33 years now. And I, I always, I always tell people that it's like going to fantasy Island when you go to the convention because <laughs> everything's accessible. Everything's it's not the real world. That's for sure. Um, okay. Donna. So, and, and you, you know, it's okay if you don't have an answer for this. Um, so is, is there anything that you wish you would have, uh, gotten at the convention or you would have learned or, or, or some activity that you wish either you would have participated in or wish would have happened. Can you think of anything that you wish could have happened that didn't happen? Uh, let's start with, and again, if you don't have an answer, it's okay. Liz, what about you? Sure. I actually do have an answer to this. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, and it was not necessarily an activity. It was, it was part of an activity that I was looking for to happen, but did not. Uh, in one of the presentations, we were talking about how to effectively lead a meeting. And that pre- presentation began with a role play of a meeting that I have <sighs> attended, unfortunately, way too many times in terms of that meeting not being run well. And I really would have appreciated at the end after discussing all of the things that make a really good meeting, if that had been role played, because I came out of that presentation feeling like we had talked about all these things, but for some people talking about them is not the same thing as seeing them acted out in a role play situation. And so I think that actually could have made that presentation a lot You know, I, I love Ray and I are both on the Burl Collie leadership um, and I'm, I'm writing that down, Ray. I like a, that a, idea a, yeah. as a possible. Thank yeah. you so much, Liz, for sharing that with us. You're welcome. You're, you're right. That would Thank have you. been. Yeah. I, I yeah, wish now, we, now, yeah. Now that we have learned uh, all the good things we should be doing, let's do them. You know? Right. Right. Let's demonstrate that. Yeah. yeah Very exactly. good. Thank you so much for sharing that. You're welcome. Uh, Milena, do you have anything? I'd like to piggyback off of what Liz said, and you know, I I thoroughly enjoyed the the role playing. I I thought it was quite hilarious, but in and, and quite true <laughs> to how you know meetings can be run sometimes. But I think to see how a meeting should be ran um, would have been beneficial, and you know, or to summarize, you know, the the good points of you know what to do in running an effective meeting. Would have been would have been more helpful as well. But overall, I I did enjoy the presentation, and I thought you guys did a great job with it. <laughs> Thanks, uh, Cheryl. Huh. So I I appreciated everything that was available, um, and I'm wondering if maybe a workshop, maybe for current and past J.P. Morgan fellows 
sort of focusing on some aspect of leadership might not have, I don't know, deepened like our experience and also given us like a really good chance to meet past JP Morgan fellows. So, okay. I'll, um, I'll go you one further. How about something put on by a past JP Morgan fellows? Maybe mm-hmm. along that line, that'd be good. Sure. Hmm. But, but I mean, but something that, that like helps us to know more about ACB or some aspect of, I don't know, being part or being a leader within ACB. So, so almost, you know, almost like a, a leadership like a, a leadership training institute type thing for the J.P. Morgan Chase classes. I mean, is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah, I think that's that's what I'm saying. Cool. Yes. Okay, I, I I wrote it down. Yeah. Good. Uh, Terry, sorry, yeah, yeah, when I'm writing, you. I forget what I'm doing. <laughs> I know how that goes. Um, I really did. Um, I want to come. I want to underscore what several folks have said. Uh, I really did find the skit about um, how not to run a meeting entertaining, but I left with a very disappointed feeling because I really needed to see it done correctly. And that's with total respect. I I wanted to share that. And I was going to say it before Liz did. So I'm (laughs) kind of piggybacking, but that was my real feeling. The second thing I regretted was more myself. I was so sick with, the asthmatic bronchitis that I could not do anything in the evenings after the day stuff was done, I went and crashed and slept. And I really regret not having had some of the out of meeting time networking that I typically would do. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Right yeah. back to you. You know, you know, I, you know, I think that um, just to piggyback on, on that. Yeah. It's uh it, it It is, I really like the point you guys all made almost universally that, you know, okay, we told you how not to do it. Now let's see how it's really done. And, you know, and I could use the excuse of time, but, you know, we, we, we'll have to, we'll have to work, we'll work on that. Well, we, okay. we just didn't even plan it. So no, we didn't. No, we time didn't. was not even, not even an excuse really. It wasn't because we, well, anyway. Wait, but you, I, I, yeah. I'm so glad that you all brought that up. It yep. it is written and probably <laughs> will be part of a girl calling leadership. For my <laughs> for my part, you know the the skit was it kept everyone engaged. I think, and so I think if the other component was added, it would still keep people engaged, yeah. even if the presentation were longer. Yeah, yeah, good point. Um, so our next question is. Um, you t- you've all talked about uh, leadership roles that you have or have held or are currently holding in you know, affiliates and chapters and what or ACB and whatnot. Um, what is one leadership goal that you have, whether it's a local, state, or national level, that you'd like to achieve? And I'll start with um, Carol. Um, so at present, it's a small one, in, or maybe it's a large one. Um, so as I said, I'm the chair of the Multicultural Affairs Committee. And I, I don't, 
I don't know. I don't think that I necessarily did a super great job my first year. Um, and so what I'd like to be able to do is um, to be maybe more open in my second year um, and to get better at running my meetings so that we get through the business of the meetings and it's not taking us a long, long time. Um, and that we are even sort of more responsive to um, community feedback and things like that. So I, I have a, a so that's that's sort of what I'm thinking about for for this year. Um, your your Zoom provider would appreciate that. <laughs> um, um, let's see. Um, how about um, Liz? My goal for the year is to help expand the government employees affiliate. I am the current vice president. Right. I am also membership chair. So maybe this is a shameless plug. Actually, maybe this isn't because this actually means I'll have to do more work. But we need more state, local, federal, especially state and local uh, government employees to join our affiliate and help us revive the affiliate. And we know they're out there. We just need help finding them. So... That would be really, really awesome if we could get a few more people and even one more vote to maybe have two votes on the floor next year. <laughs> All right. Um, hey, but great. That, is, that is my collective you know, goal, not just for me personally, but it's a mm -hmm. collective a goal that I have for the affiliate. Yeah. You know, just a real brief thing, Liz. I think people, when they see the government employees, as much as we've tried, they still think it's just for federal and we it is need not. to somehow market that to so, more state and local. So I, I have one idea, perhaps maybe you or somebody, if, if you're able, come to the uh, President's Hump Day happy hour and at least talk about it among the presidents, because we probably all have members in our affiliates. Connect me with whoever you need to connect me with. Okay. I am okay. happy to, whether Cindy, it's myself Cindy. or if I Cindy. delegate somebody, hopefully, thank you, to do yep. that for me. Uh, yep. <laughs> All right. Part of the leadership too is delegating people. Yeah. Absolutely. So. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, let's see. Uh, Terry. Thank you. Um, one of my leadership goals is to be more concrete in my suggestions. Uh, I tend to think abstractly and in a sort of a global, the, the whole picture kind of mode, and that really doesn't work. So I'm working on being more concrete and on doing what I'll say I do, I will do in a really timely manner. Other things come up and I'm thinking in particular of some of the work I've done with the scholarship and tech grant committees that it, I have to really um, get better, more organization. Thank you. That's Thanks. Thanks, Terry. You know, that that last one, that's an issue even I have. As yeah, I was going to say, I, I, I Especially when there's things I don't want to do, you know. Yes. I think we're all that way. All right. Melena. Um, okay. Uh, well, years ago, I was vice president, and following that, I was president of my local chapter. So the next step in my state affiliate journey will be president when that will happen, when I decide to run, I'm not quite sure yet, but that is a goal that I have my eyes set on. Great, great. 
Okay, um, Donna's going to ask our last question here. Uh, and so. I am so glad you left this one for yeah, me. I did, well, but before you do that, before you do that, <laughs> I just want to say this is our last question. So, folks, get your hands ready to uh, raise your hands and ask your questions of these fine uh, these fine ladies uh, tonight. So, Donna, you're you're jumping at jumping at the bit. Here's that I, last question. I am. I am. <laughs> so, as a leader. What are you most passionate about? I'll give you a second to think about it. As a leader, what are you most passionate about? So, Terry, let's start with you. Okay. I am extremely passionate about fairness. Um, fairness in terms of how we operate, giving everyone an equal chance, so that we aren't just a clique of old timers or a clique of newbies or a clique of whatever. Um, and really helping others to feel confident to start being more active and speaking up and, and taking roles. Um, fairness and inclusion are, are real crucial for, in, my, um, in my, where my passion is. Very good. Thank you. Uh, let's see. Melena, let's go on to you. Okay. Uh, one of the issues that I am extremely passionate about and have been for a very long time is accessible prescription labels. Um, one of the things that I do within the Michigan Council of the Blind and Visually Impaired is I try to educate people on where they can get accessible labels. Um, how, how they can get them if, if they're not currently getting them, encouraging them to get them, you know, kind of highlighting all the various reasons why I think they're so important. And hopefully, you know, it's, it, it's a, you know, it's a big issue. It's a huge undertaking. And, you know, there are a lot of different facets to it, but I enjoy educating those when I can. And hopefully at some point we can, Get more pharmacies to to begin offering labels. Okay, so you're kind of leaning towards some of that advocacy and and all that. Very good, and and also to share information that that's important. Uh, Liz, what about you? Helping people get from where they are to where they want to be in their journeys in terms of leadership or just life and whether that's me helping them myself uh whether it's me helping them myself with someone else and or whether that is me figuring out that okay i don't have these skills let me figure out who does and then do the handoff just because i can't help someone get to where they want to be i still can help them even if i'm not doing it but it, like, it just i want people to find out what brings them joy and go do that it is worth it I speak from the experience of having figured that out myself and doing that and you know, it's out there for everyone. And if you need help figuring out what that is, there are people out there that will help you. Okay. Very good. Cheryl. Um, so I suppose one of the things that's really important to me and that I'm totally passionate about is inclusion. Um, I am somebody who, you know, 
works really hard to make sure that nobody is on the outside, that everybody feels part of whatever it is that we're doing. Um, and I know this is this might sound a little silly, but I really don't believe that there are limited resources. Um, so not that it's infinite, but at the same time, I think by in involving people and working on making people, uh, you know, be part of something, um, it may mean that I need to rethink what my part of the resources will be, but I'm willing to do that because I want everybody to be involved. Okay, very good. Thank you all for sharing. All right. So do we have any hands, Travis? Yes, we do. Okay, and if you're if you're in Clubhouse, uh, Darcy will get his hand up, and uh, we will hear from you guys too. So uh, we'll just uh, do it that. But go ahead, Travis. All right, Lynn, you're up. First of all, you people are fantastic. I've really been impressed, and I want to say um, I have a question for you folks, and that is. What have you learned about vulnerability in your leadership? Because a lot of people are very arrogant and they're in just power and not process and, you know, not egalitarianism. So I want to know what you all think about that. Who wants to tackle that one first? Um, um, I'd like to. If okay, go ahead, Terry. Yeah. Well, um, a leadership position is very vulnerable uh, because when when you put on that hat, you open yourself up to not only the good things people might say about about your work, but also the not so good, many of which may be true and many of which may not be true. And so it is, or maybe partly true. Uh, so there's a lot of you have to be willing to be vulnerable and look at what people tell you and look at your own reflections and really face mistakes and own them right away. Otherwise they fester. Thank you. Good. Um, anybody else want to take a shot at that one? I will. Okay. Go ahead, Liz. Be okay with being vulnerable and the fact that you will have to be vulnerable in being a leader. It's part of, I feel, what you need to accept as a leader. Um, and yes, as uh, Terry said, there are going to be people who will give you accolades and there will also people be people who give you criticisms. If it's constructive, awesome. If it's not, then you know that's not so awesome, but everything has its place and you need to know and believe in yourself and in your worth and that you are doing good work. Uh, and if you're not, hopefully you have a network of people who are trusting friends and confidants who actually will call you out when you should be called out. Uh, but also in, in at the same time, though, also be supportive. And if you're running into a situation where you have received a criticism, you can then go to your trusted network and and explain what happened and they objectively can say this was warranted or not. That for me has been invaluable. Um, but also in being vulnerable, don't be afraid to try things. 
And don't be afraid to fail because success comes out of failure and you're not going to learn anything unless you fail sometimes. We learn from our mistakes. That's certainly true. Um, Milena or Cheryl, either of you want to take a shot at that one? Yep. Okay, go ahead, Cheryl. I I was going to say, I mean, I think this is one of the toughest things about being a leader because um, you do you know, get a image of leaders as as always being right and always knowing what to say. Um, And for myself, I've learned that I don't need to do that Um, and that I need to, um, you know, there are times when I need to step back and allow other people to take the lead. Um, And in the instances when I've done that, it's been really fantastic because I've, I've, I've learned things. Um, and I'm, I'm also uh, learning that I suppose to be courageous, at least for me, um, because I am, you know, in all honesty, uh, an introvert and a quiet person. Um, and sort of taking the lead is uh, really pulling on reserves to be able to do that. Um, and so, um, you know, as I said, it's 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 something I enjoy and that I'm learning. I think to be better at. I mean, I I think all the things that Liz and Terry have said, those things are really uh, important and help you to deal with vulnerability as a leadership as a leader. All right, Milena. Wow! After those three, I'm. I'm <laughs> not quite sure what more I can add. But just to say that for sure that everything that that Cheryl, Terry, and Liz said is all true. When I was president of my local chapter, for example, I I did at times receive some criticism and sometimes it was very difficult. And I had a support network that I was able to talk things over with and, you know, sometimes it's helpful to get a different perspective other than my own. Um, And, but having that was absolutely invaluable. And, you know, later on, sometimes I could see where someone might've been coming from. So you're definitely vulnerable when you're in a leadership position, but it's what comes out of that that journey for you that that makes you a stronger leader more confident and you know that's something that is a learning process at least for me on a daily basis i i don't think i'll ever say i'm done growing as a leader because i know it all that would (laughs) that that will never be true um and I, so, I can yeah. assure you that's not true. That is definitely right. not true. <laughs> We're always growing. All right, Travis. All right. Next up will be Donna Browning. Ah. All right. So as you know, you know, in this country, we're very divided. The ACB is divided on some things also. So <clears throat> How would you handle conflict? How do you handle conflict when you come upon it? Before you answer that, I just want to, that's actually kind of an interesting question because 
Next month, um, we're actually going to be talking about ways to yes. handle conflict. So that's a good segue into um, she must have been reading our notes or something. Uh, I, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's so. Uh, so um, we were going to do this at the end of the program. We may do it again. But October 9th, uh, or no, no, October uh, 12th, I'm sorry, um, we will be discussing uh, that whole issue. So glad you uh, brought that up. But let's see what our fellows have to say about that issue. So uh, who'd like to take a shot at that? I'll take a shot. Okay. So when it comes to conflict, I I try to listen to all sides of the story because there's always more than, than one side. And if possible, try to get you know the people involved to talk to each other. Sometimes it's possible, sometimes it isn't. Um, and then just try to try to come up with a solution that because a lot of times in conflict, at least in my experience, you're never gonna make everybody happy. <laughs> and um, so you have to try and come up with a with a happy medium, maybe, um, or at least something that hopefully will work. I don't know. That probably isn't the greatest answer, but that's what I have uh, so far. Maybe Liz and Cheryl and Terry can come up with something better. <laughs> oh no, no. Just, just so I. So one of the things I learned um, was that when there's conflict, you need to deal with it sooner rather than later. Um, I would say, um, as as I said, I, I describe myself as an introvert and a quiet person. Conflict is not a place I really like to dwell. Um, but as somebody who has taken on a leadership role, um, again, I'm going to use words like courageous. And um, I, I'm learning that um, better to deal with it sooner. And to, you know, do what uh, was suggested already, which is, you know, you try to bring people together and hope that they're honest, right? So if somebody says, this is what's going on, and I agree to do X, Y, and Z, hopefully they really mean it, um, because it, it, it really becomes super difficult if um, people aren't, like, honestly talking about what's really going on. And then they aren't, um, uh, you know, being honest about accepting a solution because then it'll just keep going. So. Yep. Yeah. All right. Uh, who wants to go next? Well, I will. Um, go ahead, Terry. Conflict, conflict scares the holy heck out of me. I, my adrenaline. I mean, if it's a not just a little disagreement, but a conflict. Um, adrenaline goes up uh, and I have to really make myself step back from all that and think. I do try to let each party know that I understand their point of view, um, but that their, their point of view is very understandable, but that um, to move on, each person lived in the may have to what what is it that they that they really can let go of and mm -hmm. and that's a lot it sounds a lot easier than it is sure thank you no problem liz 
Uh, I don't know that I have anything else that hasn't already been said, uh, but definitely I agree that you need to deal with conflict the sooner the better. Um, and if the conflict is being brought to you as a leader and it is something that you yourself had a hand in and it actually is something that you maybe overlooked or if there was something that you just didn't do, own that. Um, it's important to own that. Uh, it's important to own everything, but especially in conflict owning if the conflict is with you yourself owning that um if not yeah. try, hopefully try to stay objective and but and hopefully and listen actively to each side uh, and try when possible to validate what can be validated in terms of hearing the person mm -hmm. uh, but don't mm -hmm. drag it out that that makes it really not a good thing at all yeah mm. great i like what you said about listening that's really really important all right, Travis. All right, Jamaica, you are next. Hey, Jamaica, my friend. Hello, this is Jamaica, and I have I have a very important question to ask um, to you all, and that is, um, what do you do with with a leader in a in a local chapter that is that that does not have email and that does not does not um, is making it put everything on all on all the rest of the the members to put to put to put stuff out about about what's going on in the state what's going on nationally um just would like to know a little bit about that okay well uh Thanks, Jamaica. Good to hear your voice again. Anybody want to take a shot at that? This is Melina. I'll, I'll take a shot. Okay. Um, so currently, to my knowledge, Michigan doesn't have anyone in a quote-unquote uh, leadership role in terms of officers um, that does not have email. But we have in the past. And so sometimes... What has to happen is, you know, the work has to be divided up at times. Um, you know, not everyone is going to have email. Not everyone is going to have a smart device. And so while at times I, I can and do understand and, you know, I understand the, the frustration that, that can go along with sometimes, but that's kind of what I would do if, you know, have the leaders divide up the work and because you're not going to, you, you can't make someone get email if, if they don't want to, or they're just, they choose not to have it. It's okay. For, it's okay for someone not to have email, but it does sometimes make things a little more difficult. So I delegate is you know, delegate the work between whoever you can. Yep. Okay. Um, anybody else want to take a shot at that one? One other thing is I think it's essential for the leader to take responsibility for delegating. It may mean that she'll spend more time on the phone, but, uh, or he, but the leader has to, if the leader doesn't have a, a major communication method available and doesn't take responsibility for 
how stuff gets communicated to the to the membership, then there's there's that's really a problem. So um, hopefully that leader can be helped to understand how they can take that role. Okay. Anybody else? I just have one thing to say, and that is, it goes back to what I mentioned earlier about meeting people where they are. Not everyone is in the same place with the availability of having a smart device or even a computer or even email. And so figuring out that there are more than there is more than just one communication channel and like really meeting people where they are and helping them get the information that they need. It may not be in the way that you want them to get it, but it might be the way that they need to get it. And so you as a leader need to realize that and respect that and embrace that and be okay with that. Good. Uh, Cheryl, you want to add anything to that? Yeah. So I think maybe the person who doesn't have email, I think Terry said this, you know, they just then take on the role of making those phone calls. Um, so, you know, maybe in addition to sending out emails, um, you've got to, um, you know, there, there are probably other people in your chapter who may not use email. So maybe the per that that leader then takes on the responsibility of calling um, others to let them know. Great, great. One other thing I do want to add is, as that person you know who does have email, thinking about the person who may not have email, put yourself in that person's shoes. What if it was you in that seat and you didn't have email? How would you feel mm -hmm. about maybe missing out on that information? So that can also be a very powerful tool, not just in this case, but in other cases of kind of meeting people where they are is envisioning yourself in that position and relating to your yep. people that way. Mm -hmm. Good. Um, okay, uh, Travis? All right. It is roughly 10 till and we have two hands, two people left. Okay, so let's take these two and then we will... Um, we'll, we'll, we'll begin to wrap up. So go ahead. Right. Uh... Next is Kenneth. Hello, everybody. Uh, what do you do for personal development uh, in between uh, training sessions and conferences? What do you do uh, during the week when there's a need for you to become personally developed? <laughs> okay. Who wants to take a shot? <laughs> well, I think they all, they're all interested here. So let's... Uh, Okay, why don't I, okay, um, I'm going to call on Terry. Okay. Um, I try to do things that help me open my mind and think more broadly about topics I might be somewhat close-minded about. I've, I like to read books about things or experiences that I've never would be likely to have. Uh, I recently read a couple of books about um, military activity in Afghanistan and I learned so much and anyway that and doing things to relax and take care of my stress like walking and making music and um, things like meditating all right uh, uh, Liz uh, reading definitely um, about different things that I might want to learn learn about to develop my journey. Also, self-care is actually something I need to work on. 
but that can also help with personal development because you can realize in taking care of yourself where there might be gaps and what you're maybe not doing. Because if you can't take care of yourself, you can't take care of what else you're supposed to be taking care of. Well said. Uh, Cheryl. Um, yep. I, I'm a big reader. So uh, if there's something that I don't know or I, I want to learn more of, um, I you'll find me reading articles, looking up for books, um, and in some instances, reaching out to other people because sometimes I just don't have the time to like read a book. So I may call somebody who I know has that experience and say, hey, this is my situation. Can you help me, you know, sort of think through what, what are some of the other options? Um, and then as Terry Inlis said, I, I completely believe in self-care. It's something that um, I think it's important for people who take on leadership roles to be able to like carve out some time to look after yourself. Yeah. Uh, Milena, anything you want to add? Uh, I'm really trying to work on self-care as well. Uh, that's the, the biggest thing that I'm focusing on. I do yoga on a weekly basis. I, I do need to work on increasing that a little bit more because I, I do find it enjoyable and relaxing. And um, I also, when I'm not tied to the computer, I, if I'm on a meeting like I am right now, or, you know, on this call with everyone, I'm walking. It's, um, you know, a way for me to get some steps in and, you know, I feel better in the process. So I've just been trying to be more active when I can. Good. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Um, okay. Last hand, Travis. One more hand. Last hand is Mary Lee. Mary Lee. <laughs> you may unmute. Yes, you may unmute, Mary Lee. Permission has been giving, given. Let me ask her to unmute. Maybe that'll help her. Thank you. There she is. There you are. Thank you. I have really enjoyed being on this call. And I I did apply to be a first-timer about three years ago and didn't get it. I still haven't been to a national convention because they scare the bejesus out of me. But the thing that I wanted to add is when you were talking about conflict, many years ago, I was a resident counselor in a dormitory at University of South Florida. So I I got to deal with the requests for <laughs> tra- you did. Room, yeah, room transfers. That yeah. was my specialty. And what I got <laughs> out of that is if you could get the, the conflicted people together and have them say to each other what it is they've been saying to everybody else. <laughs> it's amazing how, okay, okay, I'll pick up my underpants. Yeah. You know, they get it. Yeah. <laughs> so take that with you and thank each of you for your willingness to stand in leadership roles. I am pleased to be on this call and hear all of you. Thank you. I never thought we'd end a broccoli leadership by talking about picking up underpants, but hey, <laughs> anything can happen, no problem. Um, well, um, so that was kind of more of a comment. I don't know if anybody wants to say anything about that. 
Okay. That's um, kind of hard to top that one. Uh, yeah. But um, no, thank, thank you, Mary Lee. Um, uh, let's see. So, hey, um, I'm going to, uh, well, listen, this has been a wonderful event tonight. I, I was looking forward to it. And uh, I really, uh, I want to thank Liz and Cheryl and Milena and, uh, and Terry for, uh, uh, you know, first of all, for being, uh, uh, being JP Morgan fellows and thank you, JP Morgan chase for being a partner with ACB in this, uh, in this effort. And you've all heard, uh, the experiences these folks had. So hope many of you will consider, uh, applying either if you've not been to a convention before, uh, for the DKM first timer award. Or for the J.P. Morgan Fellow uh, Award, both. if you or both, yeah, yeah you can, you can uh, fill out. You, yeah, you can increase your chances. Yeah, you can increase your chances. So, I want to thank um, I want to I want to thank Travis, our host for the evening, and uh, Darcy, who's been streaming and as well as broadcasting and moderating in Clubhouse for us. And um, I'm going to turn it back over to Donna to wrap us up and tell us about next month. So, Donna, take it away. Well, yes, thank you all for coming and. We have these Burl Collie Leadership Trainings the second Thursday of every month at 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. And so our next one will be October 12th, and that will be talking about the ever-present conflict, resolving conflict. Uh, so uh, tell fellow leaders in, in your affiliates to, to join um, you will see the information, of course, on, on the community schedule, as, as always. And again, thank you for attending, and hopefully we'll see you soon. Thank you to our J.P. Morgan Chase people and Ray. <laughs> and you all have a good evening, and see you in October.